This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 73, as we are uh, coming to the end of July, almost into August. Uh, not much happening around the league. It is, you know, fully baseball season, um, and, you know, I, I just think with the way the Mets and the Yankees are going this way, people are just trying to get the football and then get the hockey and basketball and just, you know, get this summer over with in terms of the sports world. Uh, but I got to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, beautiful day outside. And as we record this, um, yeah, it's a bit surprised the Rangers still haven't locked up Alexi Lafreniere interesting to note and see what's going on there but other than that yeah we're in the pretty much in the dog days of summer other than um some arbitration filings and signings and uh teams adding to their coaching staffs there's really not much going on right now so uh yeah we're like i said i think what we're roughly what, sixty some odd days from uh, NHL hockey action? So yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, dog days of summer, but uh, yeah, no complaints. Yeah, no. I, I listen. I'm I'm as much as this off season is kind of dragging, and with the way last season ends, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I needed a longer break than I had last year. Um, yeah. I needed to almost really get away from this this team and, you know, yeah. and just kind of accept our fate, you know, really as just a playoff team that has to roll the dice every time we go get into the playoffs and just hope that, you know, the performance is there. Uh, you know, Andy, obviously the last missing piece for this team is Lafreniere. He hasn't been signed yet. Uh, you noted that that is it is a little interesting to you. Um, do you take this as maybe the Rangers don't want to commit right away and are exploring maybe some options? I haven't seen any rumors, but or do you think this is just it's summertime? Things are you know there's really no pressure to get this done right away. Um, both parties know that you know what the deal is, and eventually they'll hammer out a standard bridge contract. For something like two point one two million dollars, like kind of like Kako did the previous year. Yeah, I assume it's the latter, not the former. I mean, I will say, would I be shocked if Chris Drury is dragging it out just to, you know, on the DLC if teams reach out to him and ask what the situation is there, uh, so he can say he's not actively shopping Lafreniere, but if he's like, oh, of course I'm taking phone calls. You know what I mean? That's my job. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that, but um, I, I think it's the, the like you said, the latter. I think it's just everyone kind of knows what the deal is here. Um, and there's nothing but time. So we shall see. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that if it pops up tomorrow that the Rangers have traded him to another team, um, I wouldn't exactly be shocked um, it, it would be, it would be pretty shocking, but it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Or, or I should, I'm sorry. I should say it the other way. It, it would be surprising, but it wouldn't be shocking. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with you. The only thing I think, uh, it depends on like which team, you know, if he, if he gets sent to Vancouver, um, you know, with all the rumors that were floating around there, I wouldn't be surprised. But if he like randomly went somewhere, I don't know, like just say like Anaheim, you know, it just that would be kind of shocking um, because then that means they were actively like shopping him. Whereas I feel like Vancouver has expressed interest in the past with him. Um, but yeah, it, it just, I don't know. Do you think it's definitely a bridge contract that's coming or do you think that there's a possibility of talks of maybe, you know, longer than a two year contract? Mm. Or even shorter. Could it be a one year deal? No, it'd be a, I think it'd be a two-year. I think with what much you know, similar to to Keandre, just knowing what we what we know about the uh, 
how much the cap should go up. And I think the assumption is the Rangers are going to, uh, there that they will be there that most of the heavy contracts or not most, but some of the heavy contracts currently on this team will most likely be, have been moved out in some fashion, some way, in some way or another, you know? So, uh, yeah, again, I think this is a situation where everyone knows what the deal is. Um, but at the same time, it's maybe they're just, both parties are slowly chipping away at it just as opposed to creating, Ill will. I think it's almost, I think it's probably less about what this contract's going to be, but the understanding of maybe say, listen, we understand the situation teams in, we understand the situation, the player play has put themselves in, but what does the future look like? I think it's probably more that if you, if I'm being honest, you know what I mean? It's that if we are to sign here, is this, you know what I mean? It were probably more philosophical conversations, you know? So yeah, no, I, again, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. I just think there it's it's weird because Drury's in a place where he really needs to win now, but he's also in a place like in a few years, what does this team actually look like? Because you do have players that, you know, we kind of signed to be not like staples here, but guys that, you know, I think are fan favorites that I think people enjoy watching. And, you know, a couple of those being, uh, you know, a Ryan Lindgren making $3 million, like really that contract is probably going to come off the books after this year. I know he's a restricted free agent, but, you know, going forward next year, or I should say the year after next in 24, 25, we can't really afford to have Ryan Lindgren making $3 million. We kind of need a, you know, a Keandre Miller step up, a Braden Schneider step up and, you know, again, kind of get rid of a Ryan Lindgren, unfortunately. And then you have players like, you know, uh, you know Barkley Goodrow, who's signed through 26-27, making $3.6 million. I mean, we can't really afford to have a guy like that on the fourth line making, you know, that type of money. And although he was great in the playoffs and you saw, you know, the experience and, and his, you know, leadership kind of pay off there, it's just really is that a game changing factor in terms of trying to win a Stanley cup when you have so many players playing above him, making a little less and, and just a little bit more, it's like, you know, really do you have to pay a fourth liner that much money to get a, a little bit of leadership, especially with this in makeup of this hockey team. Um, and then, you know, I, again, after this season, you're really going to have to renegotiate with Kako. You obviously Blake Wheeler, Nick Benino, um, Pitlick and you know they're all signed for one-year deals and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how jury handles not only this season but next season um if he's still around um uh which i think he will be no matter what um but you know in your in your expertise watching this team and looking at the makeup of this team you know, if you're Drury, do you feel that there's more pressure on you to make a run and win now or to kind of, you know, steady the ship a little bit and hopefully, you know, you can salvage, you know, the next few years uh, in, in total? Because right now you, you're kind of stuck with the core and all the bottom pieces are kind of ugly and there's a few pieces in the middle that you can really maneuver to, to help you out. And I know the cap does go up, but is that enough to salvage uh the future of this team it's tough man because i think this year i I think you could say that if this year doesn't go well i think you say what you and i think we talked about this in our last few podcasts but like say what you want about the kids and that but what does that say about the core you know what does that say about savannah jet panera and Kreider? um you know what i mean those, those types of players uh, and their ability to basically those are like, you know, obviously it's like teams are always looking for players to put uh, to add the right pieces to put their teams over the top. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, if, if those players don't have a good playoff again, I mean, that would be three bad playoffs in a row for if they make the playoffs, that would be three bad playoffs in a row for Panarin. So why are you paying him all that money? Uh, Zabanajad had a kind of a, obviously didn't have the best playoffs 
he had a good playoffs two years ago. Well, but yeah, but he, which but this remember it started back. abysmally True. until he he flipped the switch and he had two you know he had a good a good final two games against uh, the Penguins or three yep. games I should say and then he had a good a pretty okay series pretty good series against Carolina um, but. Yeah, and even even early in that uh, Tampa series. So yeah, he had he once he got his confidence, it was good. But he obviously wasn't he wasn't great in the first round. Panera, and that'd be two pretty mediocre playoffs in a row by his own standards, I should say, because because people will then go say, well, look, Panarin had this, you know, the OT winner, and he had this many points, still a point per whatever. I'm like, but that's you pay you pay him an astronomical amount of money. You know yeah. what I mean? It's eleven point six. Like I, I don't just, think people realize like how much that actually is. It's a lot of how many players is that on this roster? For for right. For, I mean, you're you're about to Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere. Like their bridges combined are less or less than half of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, look at it this way: Heedle and Barclay Goudreau add up to eight million. Kako is 2.1, so that's 10.1. So, like, even just those three players alone, and then you have Lafreniere, who was making 775. So Lafreniere, Kako, Goudreau, and Heedle all made less than what Panarin made. Like, it just goes to show you the amount of players that you could really get. You know, I, I know, you know, Lafreniere was under an ELC, and Kako's in a bridge deal, but you're, you're talking about, you know, four main players on this team making less than Artemi Panarin. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not just trying to take shots at Panarin, but you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, think of the depth you could get. And this is kind of the game I, I, I want to play this podcast. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but uh, let me, you know, I'll let you finish your thoughts. Sorry for cutting you off. No, it's all right. Um, no, but, but I, yeah. no, but as, as you were saying, it's like, you know, the core of this hockey team, Andy is not getting younger makes a ton of money and if they can't get the job done i mean they had an opportunity last year that they pissed away this year i i think now the expectations are just make the playoffs and let's see what happens um whereas last year you know you kind of wrote this team as competing for a stanley cup um yeah i just i just for drury it's kind of just like the core is there the leadership is there the youth should be there the role players we brought in this year, I, I think, are a step in the right direction. But there's only so much he could do with the amount of money he was given to really improve this team. It, it's, in my opinion, it's Drury can't really do much this year, and he can't do much the rest of the way in terms of, you know, you know, kind of building this hockey team with some of these contracts over the next couple seasons. Yeah. Again, it's it's tough because it's like I think, especially when you see teams like Carolina and now presumably um, the Devils that who when you take the scenic route to rebuild, but at least you make sure there are no half measures that they can just be in. Carolina has been obviously they they they've been ha- so close for for years now, right? Or, you know, I think since what, 20 uh, was the first year they remade the playoffs again, 2017, 18, whatever yeah. it was. You know what I mean? And they have they haven't missed since then. And they've been pretty close. Obviously, they've had along the way, they've had a few disappointing. Uh, they had a, you know, a disappointing first round exit, I think, at least once. But at the other most of the time, it's been second or third round for them. So they're knocking on the door. They have yet to make a cup final. But it feels like they're close. And obviously, if had they had not lost Patriotti and Svechnikov, there was a chance that they could have potentially beaten the Panthers. You know what I, I mean? I definitely agree there. And I, but I do feel like they're better this year than they were last year. Oh, this upcoming year? Yeah. It's tough, though, because I think as they... The players they are adding now, because again, what's their problem been for forever is that they forecheck like a bat out of hell and they, and they grind you down, but they just can't put the, it takes so much effort for them to put the puck in their net based on their system and the, the personnel that they have. 
that it's like they're going to they're now trying to add more firepower. You add, you know, Brent Burns in the back end and, and uh, you know, some of the signs that they've made coming into this season. But it's like, are you getting away from that identity that has made you successful? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, it's one thing if you if you have a few guys to kind of like help you stir the drink. You know what I mean? But the the farther away that roster gets from like heavy four check, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is it is it going to make them or will they become less successful? Is it going to be hard? I mean, luckily for them, though, I think the core players have that kind of drilled into them anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, all all t- and I, I think people forget how young Aho Svechnikov, you know, Martin, uh, Marty Natchez, like, you know, they're still a young team and they're presumably other, you know, other than like, obviously they have players like Jordan Stahl and, and Brent Burns, but you know, they, they paid Kakanemi all that money, which it wasn't so great, but he's still a good player. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, not, that's not even talking about like Teravainen and Jarvis and, uh, yeah, they have they have some young and their their prospect pool is stacked because they just they just draft so well. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and but, they added uh, Bunting this year. From, yeah, from yeah. Toronto, so, so not a bad player. So yeah, obviously it's it's more about you know they they uh, it's more about which if their prospects coming up and uh, Orlov Orlov they added Orlov. I couldn't think of the defenseman that they added. Yes, Dmitry Orlov, who is yes. who's very good, and it's kind of what they need. You know, I mean, um, did they resign Jesper Fast or no? Is he a free yes. agent right now? No, they they resigned him. Yeah, uh, two years. Okay, that's good. And yeah. I, he still and what makes it? He, he makes. Oh, 2. he makes 4. two two point four. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which you know for that's obviously when you're you manage your cap well it's a luxury you can pay a guy because he's obviously very good well i mean he's a jesper foss is a very good third or fourth line to a you know four checking winger you know what i mean yes so uh do you want to pay that much money to those sorts of guys usually no you want to pay them jimmy vc money but at the same time when you are a slightly above average one like Fost is who is a kind of like the blueprint player for the rest of your team. It's nice to be able to lock those guys up. So, um, you know, and it's only a two year deal. So not the end of the world because he's, I think he's in his early thirties now, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, that, I think that's the thing is that, uh, you just have to be careful because those sorts of things can snowball, but luckily the rest of their core is locked up to pretty favorable deals. So, yeah, and then I mean, after this year, you know, uh, Sebastian Aho is an unrestricted free agent. Tara Vinen is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, they're gonna have to sign, you know, Martinikis uh, to a deal, uh, and then you know they lose a lot of their um, bottom six players, and then you know they really don't have any defensemen signed long term. Uh, the only players that are signed. Well, they lose Brady Shea's unrestricted free agent. Brett Pesci's unrestricted free agent. uh, And then Dylan Coughlin and and Jalen Chatfield, uh, which I don't know much of those two. I don't know much about neither of those two, but they're both, you know, a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent. So, um, and they got three goalies on the books. So they have Ronta, uh, Kajitov. Oh God, that's a tough one for me. Big tongue, told you. And then Freddie <laughs> Anderson is on the books. So um, they got three goalies. You know, uh, they got three goalies on the books. They got uh, and then Sinestrikov. I, I I don't know if he's starting the year on the IR. So they might have to do something with him because he's making seven point seven five. But yeah, no, it's just you look at this team and how it's built compared to the Rangers, and it's just like. Yeah, they don't have a lot of these guys signed long term, but there's so much wiggle room with a lot of these contracts that even if these players do slump or fail, it's kind of like, well, he's not making that much money. I mean, I mean, Sebastian Ajo is making 8.4, and you kind of look at that and you're like, well, I mean, compared to some of the Rangers players, I'd love to have you know a first line center like that. I think it's pretty comparable to Zibanejad, which is fine, and then. Everyone else is pretty significantly less than that. You know, Tara Vinen's 5.4, and that's the next highest right now in the book. So 
it's like, yeah, it's like to be the best team in the Metro right now and, and really not have any long-term ties to any bums is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and it was funny. I was the other day, it's like, just as I am waiting to do, just reading online discourse around hockey. And obviously every team is trying to figure out why they lost and how they can get better and what's the difference. And I think someone um, on a message board somewhere brought up, they're basically like, look, I think everyone, we always talk about the importance of drafting your core, but then, sorry, as uh, something's going, something's going down outside of my, apartment i think someone just ran a light and now the cops put on the fire they're they're following them uh anyway um but yes it's it's like the importance of like oh you know drafting well and getting your core but if you look at the the vegas golden knights james how many if i if you had to guess how many players on that team who won a cup did they draft in the first round well, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, I'm going to assume that there are only two players on that roster that they drafted. Uh, on, on, you said in the first round, right? Well, yeah, but we can let's say that let's say that they drafted that that works. That's fine. I still I, I would say below five. Yeah, you would definitely be right. I think I don't have Three? that exact number, but I mean, look, yeah. Uh, Eichel didn't draft Stone. They didn't draft March or so didn't draft. I mean, obviously the fact that their expansion team changes that a little bit, but you know, March or so they didn't draft. Well, if uh, anything, that proves that you can purely build a team. Exactly. You know, but so the, so it's, I think people are like, obviously as Rangers fans, we get really, and because it's a sensitive subject, because it's like you have, yes, it really does help to draft. Well, but it's not so much about the fact that you drafted them. It's the fact that since you drafted them, you have control over their contracts. Right. And at the end of the day, it's about control of your contracts. Listen, there was a lot. Obviously, everyone's seen how cutthroat uh, the Golden Knights have been about, you know, just casting players that aren't they deem not useful anymore and then just getting to get players that they want. And yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of shitty because there are human beings here but at the same time it's like they have re at least with their contracts none of them seem all that unreasonable when you look at them you know what i mean it's just sometimes just quick in quick outs with a lot of their depth players uh and that's it it's about control so you look at a team like carolina they have because of the the contracts they've locked themselves into, they have a good amount of control. You know what I mean? Well, do you want to play a little game? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, and this is, 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 it kind of follows along with, you know, the points that we're both making is that, you know, the Rangers kind of gotten stuck in some of these contracts that are probably a l little unfavorable with the core. And, you know, if we can go down the line, I have, uh, cause, uh, TD who's been on the podcast a, a few years ago now, actually probably should have him on again. Yeah. Um, Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, Trocek, Fox, and Trubo. We'll go down the line. If you could renegotiate and just fix a number on that player to make that contract more, not obviously anything less is going to be more favorable for the Rangers, but yeah. your assessment just realistically, the are they living up to it? What should it realistically, what be? really realistically, what should they be making on a Stanley cup team? Um, so uh, again, I'll, we'll start with Panarin. He's making 11.6 right now. What would you honestly feel comfortable paying him? It's, I mean, Panarin is look, I will say this, that playoff track record aside, he is still, one of the best he is still a top five uh, winger in the league on either side just based on his prolific point production it just is, it is what it is i mean over the However, last five seasons he is number one in points for yes so, so it is what it is yeah it is what it is it's just obviously you wish he didn't have but we've also we like when he was on columbus we've seen him have good playoffs you know what i mean it might be a more of a mixed thing or a situation type thing but I mean, for 
at the end of the day, though, I think you look at players like Mitch Marner, who also make a lot of money and are now kind of there's this constant. Well, in the playoffs, it's just not good enough. So and if that's the the end result, that should be. So, I mean, I mean, uh, I guess for Panarin, um, I guess. Yeah, I know, Rory. Panarin's play makes me sad, too. Um <laughs> I guess it's like, as I said, it's tough, but what is his, his cap hits just is like 11.6 or something. So, I mean, I guess honestly, it's like 10 million on the dot, just shave a, shave a million and a half off essentially. Okay. If I'm going to dock him, say, listen, he's, he's the number one in points in the last five seasons in the NHL for a winger. Uh, but that being said, he's struggled in the playoffs. Well, that's where that, that extra million and a half comes from, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, I think I, I, I was a little bit more drastic in my head. Uh, TD was a little bit more drastic. I will reveal what TD had afterwards before we go through the players. Cause I just, I want to get, I don't want to influence you. Um, but I, in my head, Andy, I, I personally thought Panarin should be probably around a 9.5. I, I thought that was fair. I just think given the huge contracts, anything above 10, 10 and above, I mean, you're really talking about game changers. And I just don't see that consistently enough from Panarin. I know the points are there, but we had a pretty good power play, and I feel like he reaped the benefits of that a little bit. So um, I have him at 9.5. I mean, like I said, he still is the number one over like the last five seasons for left wingers and points. So yeah. you have to you have to pay him. Yeah, um, he, he needs to make money. But yeah, but you yeah, know, he is a winger at the end of the day, not not a center. So, um, OK, the next player up, uh, Mika Zibanejad. What would you feel comfortable paying him right now? So uh, Mika's cap hit is is eight and a half i think right eight and a half yep well it's obviously tough because and you can say you you know the contract's fair and just say nothing no i know that it's i think it's there's i would say it's fair it's also at the same time it's like you see some uh i mean Jack Hughes is going to be signed for $8 million for the next however. And he, if he is not already a better centerman than Mika Zibanejad, uh, which he probably he is, honestly, uh, you know what I mean? So it's like you see other you see other players on those sweetheart deals. And and yes, it's he might Mika Zibanejad might be fairly paid. But at the same time, it's like I want that sweetheart deal. You know what I mean? Right. So. Uh, is Mika fairly paid eight million? Yeah, he's he is a prolific scorer. the The counting stats are are pretty much there. I'd say his two his two way game is a little is a little is overrated. But you know he obviously tries. It's just still at the end of the day, it's just not. He's one of those players that look he tries really hard, but it's just he's not as efficient as some other players who do less. And they, or, or appear to do less just be based on their positioning and other things. But listen, this he's a finisher and he when he gets hot, he can just pop off and score goals, which is at the end of the day is what you want. So. um, So, yes, he's fairly paid. I would I like to have him. Would I like to shave five hundred thousand off of that contract? Yes, I would. So yeah. uh, let's say from eight five just to a cool eight. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, his age is a little concerning considering yeah. he signed through 28, 29. Um, but yeah, at the actually, no, 29, 30. So yeah, he'll be 37 uh, in New York. Eventually, I think he'll just have to be bought out because it's just, unless the cap is not, not too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, I feel like he's a $9 million player in, in Mika March and, you know, he's a, you know, seven and a half million dollar player. Um, when he's cold. Yeah. Yeah. When he's cold. So it's like, yeah, eight and a half, eight and a half is, is not awful, but yeah. Would I like to shave another half a mil off that, that contract? Of course I would. I think it would look a lot better. Um, 
than it does right now, especially going forward into the future, considering he is now on the wrong side of 30. So I'm glad we both agree there. New customers can download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling if you call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Next contract that we will talk about is Chris Kreider making $6.5 million through 2627 uh, with a... Uh, a, a, a Abbreviated no movement clause that gets knocked after this year to a 12 team, uh, I believe a 12 team uh, list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I was so worried about, I think like it's my thoughts really haven't changed so much since he signed that where everyone was not so much mad about the money. They were mad about the length of the contract. And that's still the case for me because arguably he has outpaced it, you know, since signing it. He's he's got a fifty plus goal season, you know, fifty goal season, uh, followed by a thirty six goal season. I mean, um, I will say that the he was a bit of, and I mean, it, I think it's only natural as the amount of of line jumbling that got done last year and moving around and also looking to get more opportunities with other players. It's like points will get shaved off by people. Right. You know, he had 77 points in his 50 goal year and he had 54 um, this year. Um, but, you know, so, but Kreider's always kind of been more of a Cy Young type guy. He's a, he's a, he's a finisher. You know what I mean? He's not a prolific assist, you know, generator or any or anything, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I will say since signing that, um, uh, just, you know, I mean, which is, it's funny because he jumped from 20, like his career high in goals prior to that was 28. He had two in 15, 16, and then 18, 19, he had a 28 goal season. But the, like between that, he was hurt with the rib thing. He only had 16 goals. And then, uh, well, then we had the, I guess technically pace wise, he was on pace with the COVID, uh, you know, and uh, ending season where it ended early. He had 20 goals. So, and he only played 50 games. So who's to say, but, um, he probably could have hit it, but you know, that's a crazy, still a crazy jump up. So I, at least since signing it, the it's the goal, the goal scoring has been where you want it. So I don't know if it's, I would say obviously with his age being the big factor there, it's, still the the length that scares me but i at least from a analytics perspective he hasn't seems like he's not slowing down too much but if i had to oh boy um yeah if i, I had he's the to, toughest one he definitely is the toughest one i mean so you know his 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 cap hit is six and a half so but like you said, till twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, because if it was honestly, I. Th- well, you know what? Just as a, as a, just if you would, if you would humor me for a second, who yeah. are the the four? Let's say forty goal scorers in the NHL. Right. Yeah. 
just say 40 because that's Kreider is, is capable of being in that category uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was and or for this past season. Right. Right. And how much they make. Obviously, you have. Uh, oh, I did not. Hold on. That's player goal leaders. God, it's so hard to look up very specific things like that. <sighs> You know what I mean? All right, let's yeah. just go to top goal scorers and then just... Okay, because everyone on this list, obviously, I, I'm not going to count... Well, Tage Thompson signed that extension, right? How much does he make now? It, and everyone thought it was a big gamble, but it's obviously looking really good. Honestly, no, I guess... Uh, I mean, Jared McCann had 40 goals this year. <laughs> Adrian Kempe. Honestly... Honestly, I think Adrian Kempe is kind of like a nice comparison for not stylistically, but for like a young Kreider, power winger, good feet. You know what I mean? Goal scorer off the wing. How much does Adrian Kempe make? Because that's probably how much um, he makes five and a half. So, yeah, honestly, I think shaving a cool million off of Kreider's contract and then taking having it end uh two years sooner so not having it end 26 27 having it end uh at the end of not this upcoming season the one after that yeah i okay so my thought process through Kreider is number one yeah the stats are there for sure and the goal scoring is there but where is the goal scoring coming from it's coming mainly on special teams And he's been glued to the side of Zibanejad, who I think he benefits from greatly. And again, the biggest problem with a lot of those players on their team is that when he's red hot, he is worth $6.5 million. There's just no argument there. He is one of the best, you know, guys in front of the net on the power play. Uh, He's got a ton of speed uh, and at north-south speed, you know, laterally, I think he struggles. And, you know, I, I think when he's on top of his game, he's a six and a half million dollar player. The problem, he's on top of his game 25 percent of the time. And, you know, he's nowhere to be found in the playoffs. Uh, and that's a huge problem. And I think you're exactly right. I think you shave a million dollars off of that because he is fed, force fed first line minutes. He's force fed uh, power play one time. And, you know, I don't think. He listen. It, it certainly is a skill to be able to put the puck in the net. You know, at, at, at the NHL level, to score forty goals. You know, or what do you have? Thirty-eight last year to score over thirty-five goals in the NHL for consecutive years. I that's not a fluke. I mean, it, it's not a fluke, but it's also not because he's a forty-goal scorer. You know, I know he hit fifty. It's just he. I don't see it. Like I think those goals could have been replaced elsewhere if he wasn't force-fed top-line minutes, top power play minutes. I think those goals would have came elsewhere. So, um, But yeah, $5.5 million for sure I would pay Chris Kreider. I think that's fair um, for a guy that would you know have to be you know moved up and down the lineup. And I think people see 6.5 and, and they see his goals and they automatically think he's got to play first-line minutes with Zibanejad because where else are you going to put him? You know, it's a really bad look paying him $6.5 million to play third line left wing minutes um you know and he's he's very very lucky and very fortunate that um you know Lafreniere has turned out so far to be kind of a bust so um otherwise he would have been knocked off that spot um and he'd have been on the third line because obviously Artemi Panarin is our first but really second line left winger only because of he of uh, Kreider being glued to Benajet. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Fumbled through that one, but I got, I think I got the message out there. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh, the next one, uh, who did I say? All right. Vinny Trocek. He, uh, currently makes 5.625 million. Uh, he's got a contract that goes to 28, 29. So, uh, yeah, again, yeah. he's another guy like Kreider. The money, well, it's. I think the problem is that I think Vinny Trocek is the two second line center on a cup team, but based on 
the amount of players the Rangers need to get going and how they need to because they have their strength is supposedly supposed to be in having that, you know, an elite wingers, if that makes any sense. It's no, like it what it, it's supposed to be on paper because you're you, on paper. You're supposed to have Kreider, Panarin, uh, Lafreniere and Kako. You know what I mean? That's supposed yeah. to be your strength. You know, yes, Zibanejad is a is a number one center, but he's not he's not like a marquee number one center. You know, he's not he's not one. You know, he's he's definitely not <laughs> McDavid. He's definitely not a Jack Hughes. He's definitely not a um, uh, an Alexander Barkov, right? But you know, but that's not where your strength's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in the wing. So, and because of that, it's technically he's a player that he should make the money he's making, but because they're trying to get all these wingers going and they're all in different lines and he is supposed to be take his spot, but didn't. So they gave Vinny that contract on this team. He, 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 at least yes, the length is too long. That goes without saying, but he earns that contract all day on another team on this team. Specifically, he is overpaid. Yes, he should I... be. A, he should be. It's tough, but I mean, I guess. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say this because it's, um, because it, his cap hit is 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 five point six, right? Yeah. He shouldn't be over five. If anything, okay. he should be four point seven five. I think. Okay. Um, well, not, again, I, I, I think on a cap team, he earns that contract all day, not the length, but the, the money, but it's just, I just think, and I will say, even though maybe point wise prolifically, it had, you know, I mean, he pretty much has done, obviously this is his first year and the Rangers had a disappointing playoff exit, but I mean, do you. I don't well, think anyone's it, missing Ryan Strom, if if that makes any sense. Well, let me put it this way, Andy. He, he's last year he had his second best season point wise in his yeah. career with sixty four points, and he didn't play at all on the first power play. So I I really do think like that's a pretty good amount of points to score. Yeah. When when you kind of put it that way, like you know, yeah. if he consistently played on the first line power play, you would imagine he'd be oh, yeah. around eighty points. Yeah. So you know, making five point six. I mean, I mean, realistically, when just looking at the makeup of this whole team, uh, you know, and all, all things being equal, I don't think if if Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider all made a little bit less, I feel like his contract wouldn't be so glaring. But it's like we're already so top heavy with our money. It's like, yeah. should he be around five million? Would I be more comfortable with that? If you told me I was getting sixty-four points out of our second-line center who doesn't play at all in the first power play, making five million dollars, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, so I'd say five. Five, I'd feel more comfortable, especially given the length and his age. Yeah, and again, I don't want this to sound like Vincent Trocheck's slander. I think he's been very good in his first year for the Rangers. I just, unfortunately, I think philosophically with what this team wants to do. If you're saying when this team is at its apex as for the landscape right now, I think people say Philip Heedle is your second line center. Right. You know what I mean? So what does that make Trocek a two B? Which or are they are two A and two B. So I think again, he totally has earned his money so far. Uh the length is still too long, but the problem is Again, when Heedle, either you have Heedle locked up on a sweetheart of a deal, um, you know, eventually, or because when it comes time and it becomes the Spider-Man's pointing at each other about who's the second line center, you know, you cannot pay Heedle and Vincent Trocek the same thing. You just can't. So right. that's the problem. Not not so much the the performance, because uh, I was actually very happy with, with Vinny's first year here with the Rangers. I, I agree. Okay, uh, so now we're going to move on to the defenseman. Um, we have uh, Adam Fox. Uh, he's not paid enough. You should pay him more. <laughs> okay. Whatever money is, uh, Panarin gets taken out of his uh, contract should go to Adam Fox. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, <laughs> no, but he, 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 he's earned his contract. He's he, he's 
been in Norris conversation for the last three seasons. He's you know, the top three player in his position over in the, the last three seasons. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and there's no real sign of him slowing down. He is 25 years old. He he will be, let's see, he is signed through 28, 29. So he'll be, let's see, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. He'll be basically 31, 30, or yeah, wait, am I wrong? UFA at the end of 2829. So yeah, he's only signed for another six seasons. So he'll be 31. It's literally like a, a, a perfect contract for him. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the only contracts and the Rangers. I mean, and I mean, it's see, you see, that's exactly what McCarr essentially got. Um, and uh, I think, does he make less money than Seth Jones? <laughs> I think he does. Or, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. But, you know, him and Makar are obviously the two best young defensemen in the league right now. Rasmus Dahlin is pro- and, and Haskin are probably not far behind them. But And 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 McAvoy, I'll say. So they all kind of make the same money, give or take a year or a 500K. But, yeah, so he's clearly fairly paid. He's the best. He's the Rangers' best skater. He's Well, he's their most important skater, I would say. Yeah, no, for sure. Um if he's it, the if 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 you could take one player other than Igor away from this team and totally cripple them, it would be Adam Fox. Yes, I even agree. if you lost Panarin for a season, as tough as it would be, or as a advantage ad, I don't think it would cripple the team the way losing Adam Fox would. Yes, I I definitely agree with you. Um, and I think the last player, it's no surprise, is Jacob Truba. Yeah. Eight million dollars through twenty five, twenty six. So it's uh, almost right. over. So, so let, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'll give my piece, and then you can give your piece. But when they gave him that contract, uh, they didn't. This this is just prefacing by saying the Rangers did not know that they would have Adam Fox on this team. The idea was that Ryan McDonough's gone. Uh, you know, you had what it was what, one season which what it was like Brady Shea what yeah because Truba came in the year after McDonald got traded or no or there was a few seasons there where because what I, the 20 I think Tr- Truba's did. first year was what 20 2019 2020 yeah hold on one second um, I got my brain my my, my mind in order to protect itself has, has overwritten so many. He came in in 1920. Yeah. He came in the, the COVID year. Uh, okay. yeah, he, came, here, he came, here, he came here. in the COVID year. Our defensemen were what, like that was Tony D'Angelo's big year. You had Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, this was, Oh, I forgot. So this was the Rangers decor. D'Angelo Shattenkirk, Shea, Pionk, Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith with uh, Libor Hayek getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that's what the landscape was. So at the time you were like, OK, adding another potentially anchoring player who at the time was playing on the first power play unit in Winnipeg. They went on a good run that summer, right? Right before yeah. it. Um and I think again, people, Jacob Trouba is a very misunderstood player in that everyone just a big nasty defenseman. He must be stay at home, steady meat and potatoes guy. But then you look at what the numbers say, and it says when he's on the ice, he their teams kind of give up a lot. However, when he's on the ice, the team shoots the puck a lot. Like he his when he's on the ice, he gets pucks through, uh, generates shots from the back end like crazy. Puts it on net, and we've seen him. Truba can score. He's got some. He's got some nifty moves. He's. It's. It's very weird to think of him as an offensive defenseman, but he kind of is. He just doesn't look the part so much. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but that's basically what he is. So I think the the idea is that Truba was going to come into this Rangers team, and he was going to play on PP one. So you could at least pencil him in for another uh, twenty points essentially, assumingly. Um, and also he was going to log the most minutes on the team. So that was the idea. But then obviously Adam Fox comes into your world and is immediately your best defenseman. <laughs> so things change really fast. 
So I just want to give the context for why the Rangers are in this situation. But uh, for his role today, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jacob Truba should be making what? What does Lindgren make right now? Three. I mean, is he better? Is Jacob Truba better than Lindgren right now? I don't think so. Is he better than Keandre right now? I don't think so. Like, he, he I, is a right defenseman. He is a he's a big right defenseman who hits and gets fans out of their seats with his hits and is their captain. So, even if you were overpaying him, his salary should be cut in half. Yes, I, I know that's again. I uh, I'm prefacing by saying this that if circumstances were different, he's 29 years old. Maybe he he's if he was getting first power play, to, you know, time and he's logging more minutes, we'd say, you know what? He might be a little overpaid. You got a five millions more his wheelhouse or five, five to six million. But eight million is too much. It's simply yes. too much. I mean, he also was in a perfect storm where he was by far the best defenseman on the free market. Yeah, by far. It wasn't even close. There was nobody even remotely. And, and I say, him. I say this based on his reputation as you have to be aware of him on the ice and the big hits that alter the, the trajectory of series and can punish players. Um, I think there are teams today that would take Truba at his current. If you want to trade for Truba, they would trade you for him if they had the space. Or with minor retention, with like 25% yeah, I, retained. I do think there are GMs out there that are a little bit old school and they see the value. And and to, to be honest with you, there is value in having a player like Jacob Trouba. It's just yeah. not at $8 million. That's No, there's no value to be found for having him at $8 million. Unless he was in a situation, like I said, where there are some decors where I think he would absolutely flourish based on what he is on a decor that's maybe a little bit more balanced. I honestly think if he was played in um, Seattle right now, he would be excellent because they are, yeah. they're very competent decor. They can all move the puck a little bit for, and you can just have him as a big minute logger, like who just, you know, so yeah, I think there are situations for him that would be perfect for him. I think the Rangers right now are not a good situation for him, right. especially with this contract. So, but he's their captain. Um, I would say, say what you will about the helmet toss, but that's kind of was the sticking point for last year for having a bad, a bad slump in the beginning and then get getting their way out of it. So, <laughs> you know, whether that's the truth or not, or it was just law of averages, who's to say, but uh, you know, it was first year's captain. So, Shit wasn't going well. He tossed a helmet and yelled at his team, threw a big hit, told them to wake up, and then they woke up. So that's what we're going off of. You know, that's yeah. his Messier guarantee so far. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you told me he made five million, I'd be okay with that. Um, I think, I think that's the max I would feel comfortable paying him. Yeah. You know, but you know, when he left Winnipeg, he was coming off a fifty-point season. Uh, the year prior, they what they went to the Western conference final. I think they lost yeah. to the Vegas golden Knights who eventually lost to Washington. Uh, so there was, you know, there was a lot of hype around a player like Jacob Truba. And, you know, I think people also fell in love with the fact that he was Shay's Brady Shay's best friend. And they, you know, they wanted to play D pair together in the NHL it was a dream come true. This was a match made in heaven. It's just a perfect fit. And then, you know, that same scenario, um, not not scenario, but there was another scenario where the Rangers were now all of a sudden in possession of a kid named Adam Fox who refused to play anywhere except New York, and the Rangers were just like, oh, holy shit. And then that, you know, Fox, I don't think anyone dreamed his ceiling would be a top three defenseman in the league consistently every single season. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I think it's a product of, he's a product of perfect timing. Uh, like I said, he was the best available defenseman on the free market. He's a big guy. He can hit. Uh, he's a leader in the locker room. And, you know, he 
came off some pretty good seasons with the Winnipeg Jets. And, um, you know, I'll say this over the last couple seasons, he really hasn't been hurt. He, you know, kind of, you know, brings an element to the Rangers that we kind of lack in physicality. So he does bring that element, but not at $8 million. So yeah, $5 million. And, uh, I'd be fine with Jacob Truba. Uh, that's the last one I have for you, Andy. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, looking around, I mean, we probably just shaved off on, on this team, uh, probably around the money, basically the money, roughly the money, roughly the money that you, that the Rangers should have been able to lock up one or two of their younger players at to get some value and some time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but should have, should have, could have, would have, I guess. Um, I, you have to wonder that once this team starts shaving fat going forward, because you know, what's going to happen, James, we're going to, they're going to get rid of a contract or, or two in the coming years. And then there's going to be a little hole there and they're going to say, well, we'll ha- we have enough cap space to, to sign somebody, you know? <laughs> so, yo, yeah. That's the problem. If the Rangers almost had too much cap space, that's a huge problem because they yeah they cause it burns a hole in their pocket. And yeah. you know, I think every now and then there's teams that smartly are like, you know, look at Seattle. They're like Ely Tolvanen. Man, this kid just cannot get the trust of their their coaching staff. There's just too much there. But this kid is an elite finisher and he's got an elite shot. So they're like, well, we'll just give him minutes, and lo and behold, he gets traded to to Seattle or picked up by Seattle and uh, they now have a top six winger for what, how much money does Ely Tolvin and make barely anything? Yeah, exactly. It's shrewd moves and, and he's 24 years old and we brought him up as soon as he got picked up off waivers, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes four, $4.3 million. Unbelievable. He got picked up off waivers. Which means uh, his cap hit uh, through next season is one point four five because they picked him on a waiver. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, how much did he finish the year with? Because and, and granted, he played half the year, or at least a good por- portion of the year. Um, but I mean, he finished he finished the year with forty one goals. Or no, sorry, this is that's his, his Jesus. No, uh, you know, he played only played sixty one games, but. You know, 18 goals, uh, 13 assists, 31 points. You could bet I th- he's a 30 goal scorer next year, I think. As his line mates take, you know, as the players around him in Seattle take a step forward, um, you know, eventually Shane Wright's going to establish himself on that team. Uh, Veneers is only getting better and better. You know what I mean? So I. I ha- like it's stuff like those are the types of things the Rangers should be looking into or like who are players that are just not getting what they need. But again, the discourse is not around that it's around how can we wait to circumvent the cap to get uh Vladimir Tarasenko or Patrick Kane to come back. Yeah. And- Which on its face aren't necessarily the wrong moves. It's just more philosophically. It's just, the way this team has always have, have always done this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also the fact that, you know, the Rangers don't have any minutes to give younger players. I mean, we already have struggled with the narrative that Kako needs more minutes. Lafreniere needs more minutes. Um, You know, friggin', you know, every single first round pick we ever have, whether that's Leah Sanderson or, or, um, uh, off, you know, these guys just never given the chance. They never well, get and it's going to be, minutes. it's going to be like, you know, Lafreniere stuck on left side as Blake Wheeler rediscovers fountain of youth playing with Panarin and Trocheck. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, again, uh, business, unfortunately business as usual for the New York Rangers. But I mean, again, I think to put a nice little bow on this podcast is that this, I mean, this is what more time do you proof will you need after this upcoming season about whether or not it's worth it to keep trying to kick the can with their the older core right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's 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 it might be worth it to if that's the case and they just it's disappointing season, don't make the playoffs or get have another early exit. It's like then yeah, it's it's you got to feel some pain to to try to reconfigure because it's you, you can't do anything in this league for free. So right. Um, but we'll see. Uh, any parting thoughts, James? Uh, no, I, I I'm honestly this was a good good podcast for late july a healthy one <laughs> uh, but yeah this is this is what you're supposed to do in july you know yeah. when and it's not hockey season you know you, you dream about what could be and not what is so um i'll let you uh i'll let you uh, send it off here yeah uh thank you for listening uh we will hopefully talk to you again soon when the new york rangers if slash when they resign either a resign or b trade alexi lafreniere uh and yeah i mean again it'll be interesting as we get uh, i'm looking forward to us eventually talking about new york rangers training camp and performances there because again like james said during the summer you're just thinking looking ahead and trying to envision uh, a perfect world where your favorite hockey team doesn't disappoint you so uh but yeah tldr too many people on the rangers make too much money and the ones that need the money can't have it so uh yeah unfortunately uh like i i think i said it before nothing in this league comes for free thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>